Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Central governments the world over have become experts at coming up with good excuses for doing the wrong thing. On today's show, we're talking about the impact of a changing world order and how this will further feed inflation and the possibility of economic collapse. The global geopolitical landscape is changing as China's ambition to become the dominant global empire will change global trade. Russia's ambitions to regain the Ukraine as a subject territory and more instability is brewing in the Middle East. I'm not talking about any of this to dive into politics, but to highlight the impact of these forces on investors. Wars are inflationary. If you look back through history, governments the world over have used armed conflict as a justification for emergency spending. But these days, any emergency is sufficient justification to print money. The Biden administration seems to be shifting its focus away from the Middle East to counter the growing threat from China, and China has been slowly buying its way into the infrastructure of countries around the world by being their lender. China is opening its first military base in the Atlantic sphere in Equatorial Guinea. It's possible that China and Russia are even working together to distract the U.S. by moves in the Pacific to enable Russia to have an easy takeover in the Ukraine. The Crimean Peninsula demonstrated that the world is going to sit by and watch Russia expand its territory and really just do nothing. The Black Sea ports are of strategic importance, and Russia will not want to see the Ukraine become part of NATO. Global oil stability is dependent on Saudi Arabia. This dates back to the 1970s OPEC oil embargo. And for some reason, the Biden administration seems to be ignoring the Middle East. They seem to be ignoring the importance of energy. The ideological desire to reduce greenhouse gas emissions seems to have broken the link between energy consumption and economic output. Until the U.S. is fully weaned off of fossil fuels, the U.S. economy will be highly dependent on oil and natural gas for its economic base. The Nixon administration understood this, and they struck a deal with Saudi Arabia to bring an end to the OPEC oil embargo. The deal was very simple, that if OPEC agreed to trade oil globally in U.S. dollars, then the U.S. would forever protect the political, military, and personal safety of the Saudi royal family. And today, Saudi Arabia is locked in a battle with Houthi rebels in Yemen who are attacking both buildings and facilities. The Saudis are not about to purchase the superior Iron Dome missile defenses from Israel, so the next best option is the Raytheon Patriot missile. But every time the rebels aim a $10,000 flying lawnmower at a Saudi target, the Saudis spend a million dollars on a Patriot missile. My sense is that with that 100 to 1 difference in cost, the rebels could eventually outspend the Saudi defenses. If we go back in history, the continental dollar in the U.S. was used to fund the Revolutionary War against the British Imperial Forces. They had control over the colonies here in North America. The war was the justification. The First World War saw huge expenditures. Some countries like France and Canada implemented income tax as a temporary measure to fund the war effort. Germany instead borrowed money. They suspended the gold standard and they resorted to printing money, which eventually resulted in hyperinflation in 1923. The U.S. suspended the ownership of gold and made it illegal for citizens to hold gold. That was in 1933. They confiscated all the gold and then immediately repriced the gold from $20.67 to $35. In essence, they printed money by repricing the gold. This monetary stimulus was another form of debasing the currency. In Zimbabwe, they brought a conservative, responsible central banker, his name was Gideon Gono, in order to bring financial stability to the country. But his journey as central bank governor is chronicled in his book, Zimbabwe's Casino Economy. In his book, he talks about how every time 
the leadership of the central bank faced a difficult question of whether to print money or not, they saw printing more money as the only viable option. The consequences of stopping printing seemed worse every single time. You see, that's the problem. Printing money works until it doesn't. And when it doesn't work, the result is economic collapse. You only need to look at Turkey for a present-day example of what happens when you debase the currency. You see, you hear all kinds of justifications for the necessity. But the laws of monetary stability still hold true. It happened in Venezuela. It happened in Zimbabwe, Argentina, Brazil. It happened in the Weimar Republic in Germany. It happened in the U.S. in 1775, and it's happening now in the U.S. Slowly at first, and then all at once. See, that's the characteristic of any exponential or nonlinear mathematical system. Every time there's an extraordinary event, it's an excuse to print money. It could be a war, a depression, a financial crisis, a pandemic. It doesn't matter. There's a never-ending stream of good excuses that empower central bankers the world over to print money. See, think about that. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.